0: March 13th, that was the last time my alarm went off before 6 a.m. Early enough to drive my kids to school and get my usual from I Am Coffee on Market Street, egg sandwich on a bagel, extra black pepper. And then I head into the office. I haven't been back there since. It was also the last time I went to a party, a small, kind of awkward soiree where I refused three handshakes and two proffered hugs. It seems not all the huggers had gotten the memo yet. And it was the day I got a Facebook message from my friend Sasha. Let me read you how it started. Hi, I'm in Iceland.
1: We got there, it's freezing. We dress up, you know, in lots and lots of layers. There's beautiful mountains on one side. There's ocean on the other. There's no trees. Just everywhere you go, there's another waterfall and there's another mountain and another glacier. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous.
0: And absolutely 3,000 miles away from home. Between her and the nearest airport were 750 miles of ice and snow-covered roads with a safe speed limit of only 35 miles per hour.
1: So everyone's like, how oh, you should think about coming home? I was like, I can think about it, but I don't really know how to. <laughs>
0: Sasha's a great photographer, and her photos from 10 days on Iceland's Ring Road were all over her Facebook. Gorgeous, sprawling landscapes, these blue, blue ice and cold waves crashing on rocky shores. And I can only imagine exactly where she was when she heard Governor Carney had ordered all restaurants in Delaware to close, including the Newark institution that she's owned for 20 years.
1: Just completely, all of a sudden, the world is a different place. And I'm still on vacation.
0: From Short Order Production House in Wilmington, Delaware, this is The Other Side, a podcast about how people are adapting and innovating and sometimes just surviving during this time of pandemic and isolation. I'm Matt Sullivan. I've spent most of my career interviewing people on the phone and it turns out that's a pretty useful skill to have in this time of social distancing. So my hope over the next few weeks is that we can meet some people together, maybe learn a little bit what's still happening on the other side of the quarantine malls and, See what waits for us on the other side of this global pandemic. And we'll be right back with more from Sasha after this. So this is where a commercial would usually go, but we just want to take a minute to encourage you to support the Food Bank of Delaware. Last week, an army of volunteers from the Food Bank headed out to Christiana Mall. From there, they distributed emergency bundles of food to 2,267 families in need. And then they did it again in Dover, and then again at Sussex Central, same week. Look, we all know a lot of families are hurting right now, without paychecks, with lots of uncertainty. But you can help. If you have the money, they need that. If you have time, they need that. And you can learn about both on their website at fbd.org. And hey, to everyone at the Food Bank of Delaware, from everyone here at Short Order, thank you for all you're doing. Now back to the show. On this first episode, I want you to meet Sasha Aber from Homegrown Cafe. And if you became a vegan at any time in your years at University of Delaware, you know Homegrown Cafe. My wife and I became fans when we desperately needed a restaurant that served good food, mixed good drinks, and had enough energy and noise flowing through it that the occasional wail of a nine-month-old baby would go mostly unnoticed. It's that energy you miss most now. On the day, on the actual day of Homegrown's 20th anniversary on Main Street, they were open for takeout only on a Friday night. But within a week after that, Sasha had developed a plan not only to keep her business moving, but to help feed the brave men and women on the front lines of the battle against COVID-19. But, backing up, when Sasha sent me that note on Facebook on March 13th, the only thing that was on her mind was getting home. Was COVID even in the news when you were leaving?
1: Just a little bit. So the governor actually ate at homegrown like two nights before we left. There were no travel advisories. I probably should have looked out a little further and see what it could turn into. But everywhere we looked, there wasn't anything that said, don't go.
0: But five days into her trip, things were changing fast.
1: We were scheduled for a five o'clock flight on Wednesday. We looked at the Monday flight to see if we could leave Monday. That was canceled. Tuesday comes, Tuesday flight's canceled. Ours is still scheduled for Wednesday. Meanwhile, we're getting emails that says, hey, if you're not flying in the next 40 hours, don't call Iceland Air, we don't have time to talk to you. <laughs> so they didn't, you know, they, they couldn't handle what was going on. So Tuesday evening, our Wednesday flight gets canceled. And we're like, oh no, what are we doing? We can't get stuck here. You know, I'm thinking about cargo boats. It's the only way to get off of Iceland. I have people I need to get back to. I guess late Tuesday we got a message that we could fly into New York, the JFK.
0: Sasha did get back to New York, and you remember those stories you saw about huge lines and chaos at American airports. Well, that must have happened on Monday. By Wednesday, the lines were gone, everything was smooth, and she was home, but in quarantine.
1: <laughs> the shock, like just—I um, mean, it's—it's it's a big deal. I was happy to be home and to be on U.S. soil. It's for a good cause. I can't really argue.
0: Was the idea of maybe being infected on your mind?
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did feel like I could be contaminated. And that's, I mean, that's a big word for, you know, having it. But just the idea that I, I could have it was very interesting and unsettling.
0: I remember something else from that party the night of March 13th. I was talking to a couple of friends in the restaurant industry about how all this might be good for them. After a week or two of no school and social distancing, I thought people would be going stir crazy, desperate to see friends and sit at a bar and talk to someone and go out for a bite. Turns out I was exactly right. It never occurred to me that there'd be no restaurants to go to.
1: I was panicked, definitely panicked. It's hard to be so far away and not be able to help the team and just figuring out what that looks like. Am I coming back to everything being shut down? We had to temporarily let go of 51 people. It's significant. There's this group of people that have been putting their their lives into the restaurant for a long time. And that's changing. You know, their their day-to-day lives are changing significantly. We were back to seeing numbers from when we first opened 20 years ago. So how do we keep the staff that's there employed? How do we keep things safe? What wellness logs do we use? And then just going through all of our essential services and cutting back trash and talking to the landlord and knowing that we're not having money come in to cover everything. And at some point we will. But how do we get from this point to that point?
0: You know, at some point you decide that you're going to do takeout. And I, I guess you, got, you don't really have any sense of how that's going to go. How did it go?
1: There's business. It's nothing, like I said, it's not sustainable. If this is what we were to do forever, we would be out of business. But it's it's a bridge to get from where we were to where we're going to. And then we still don't know what everything's going to be like after. There's going to be a new normal. So when things open back up, can people go to the bar and can they, you know, sit next to their friends and have a a drink together? Is that, are we going to be opening back in pieces?
0: So that's where things were. Sasha's team was at the restaurant, recalibrating the menu for takeout. She was at home, alone, in isolation quarantine, worried about everything. And that's when a friend sent her a story about a restaurant in California that was collecting money to feed healthcare workers.
1: She's like, hey, what do you think? And I looked at it and I thought it was brilliant. There's so many people that are going in and they're risking their lives to take care of everybody and then everybody else is stuck at home feeling helpless. And then the third component is I do have a business that I'm trying to save. So I'll be completely honest, it's helping in three directions. So what this enabled people to do is purchase food, give a little bit um, of themselves to the healthcare workers. We make it, we bring it, um, I drop it off and coordinate it. It's helping everybody to succeed and feel good.
0: How does it even work? How do you like drop off the food?
1: I'm actually not going into the restaurant really at all because I'm trying to keep keep everything separate as much as possible. So I, I go to the back of the restaurant, pop my trunk, step back, take social distancing, they load it. I go to the hospital, I have a liaison, so I call the number of the person that's in the department or overseeing all of the departments. They come out with a cart. I either load it as they step back or they load it as I step back. I've got hand sanitizer, I've got a mask, I've got gloves. So we have that social distancing as well, and then they bring it in. So I'm not going into the hospital. We started the GoFundMe, uh, I guess, two Mondays ago. My first delivery was this Monday. And I, I got teary as I drove to the, to Avenue. I mean, it's, it's just, it's so nice to be able to give this food to them and have all the healthcare workers take a break from their day, have food which nourishes you, but have it be bought by people, the public, it's a lot of people telling them how much they care.
0: Donations to buy lunch have come in from individuals and institutions from around the state.
1: The local church is sponsoring uh, the whole ER at Christiana. I have somebody else that visited the cancer unit for a few weeks prior, so they're sponsoring the cancer unit. Parents have started sponsoring their children's units. so I I think it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful.
0: As the humble spouse of a frontline healthcare worker, I can confirm that the food from homegrown has been appreciated. By the end of this week, Homegrown will have fed 21 units at Christiana Hospital, over 25 shifts, filling more than 1,000 healthcare bellies. And I know McDonald's is getting on the act too now, but I think we want to keep these people alive, right?
1: You know, something we've always done is we've always made food from scratch. We've always given a good meal, even though we have the bar and we have drinks, and people come and they hang out and they do that, they're coming for our food as well. They know they're going to get something nutritious. It's going to feel good. It's made with love. It's made safely, which we've always done. And so I think they feel very comfortable getting it. They like the way we've set up the system where they can pick it up or they can also still get delivery. And they feel very comfortable and very happy to have that.
0: The hospitality industry is a tight-knit group of tens of thousands of people in the state of Delaware. And right now, all of them are wondering what the future holds, including Sasha.
1: Even though, like I said, we've had to you know, temporarily lay off a bunch of people, which we expect to rehire them all back because we expect business to go back to where it is and they're they're part of the homegrown family so we would like them back as soon as possible we've helped them obviously with unemployment anything we're getting from the government or anything we see we're sharing that with them we got about two thousand dollars of food in that we were able to share with them so all the employees could come in you know stock the fridge things like that i'm making masks for anybody that wants them at work and their families any little bit these days helps is, is what it seems like
0: There's still a lot of unknowns for restaurants on the other side of this. Yes. What are you weighing in your head these days?
1: Considering how long this business model is sustainable. So if it's eight weeks, you know, we get the payment protection plan help, that's manageable. If this goes on for six months and we have a lot of, you know, vendors to pay that we've put on hold for, you know, during these few months, at some point that would catch up. So it's really seeing how we are able to integrate back into a regular our regular business model and what what we're able to do going forward, what we're allowed to do going forward. You know, are we gonna reopen and then we can open to half capacity because we have to keep distance between the tables and that's the first step. And then how do we manage having, you know, some staff comes back, some doesn't possibly, or, or our fees are really high because we're running like a full restaurant, but we're only serving half the customers are lost. Hopefully. Everybody that's out there without a job will get their jobs back. Are people gonna have money to come out to eat? I definitely know people are gonna wanna get together and they're gonna wanna drink and celebrate you know, friendships and family. But what does that look like? So I think looking too far in the future would just cause problems because it's, it's changing.
0: I know when this started, there were a lot of different people out there who were advocating different ways of helping restaurants. There are passionate people who love restaurants who think it's a danger for people to be working. And there are passionate people who love restaurants who say everyone should be getting takeout all the time. If someone said to you, what can I do to help restaurants right now? What would you tell them?
1: I would say first do it makes them feel comfortable. So if they feel comfortable going into a restaurant where the employees are served, safe trained, they're you know filling out a wellness log, checking their temperature before coming to work. So if you feel comfortable, definitely get takeouts for the restaurant. If you don't feel comfortable getting food from the restaurant, uh, gift cards are phenomenal. So that's a way that you can infuse money into the restaurant and you're saying, hey, we love you guys, we don't wanna come out right now, but we're gonna see you in the future.
0: When I spoke with Sasha, it was the first night of Passover, so I couldn't help but ask how she was celebrating with her family.
1: So, Zoom, (laughs) Uh, my uncle actually put together a Seder, and we were talking about, you know, one of the questions is, why is this night different than all the other nights? And it was really nice to actually sit at the table with family that we normally wouldn't sit at a table with, because everyone's spread out and share the holiday that way. Uh, At the same time, it was, you know, my kids and I sitting at the table, and we had the computer there and we had the, the Hagada was on the iPad. And it was a very, very different experience uh, than what we're used to.
0: Do you think that the, the lessons of Passover have anything to say about our current times?
1: Well, there's definitely the plagues. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of the Jewish holidays are about persevering um, in times of opposition. So I think that message, you know, goes out and that we were getting through this, you band together as a people, and in this case, it's, it's a larger group of people, which is really nice. Something that I do see positive coming out of all of this is that people are working together in different ways than they have in the past. So we can take that with us, which I think is good. But it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely an interesting holiday to have during this time.
0: You can learn more about the Adopt-A-Unit program and contribute to the cause at homegrowncafe.com. The Other Side is a project of Short Order Production House and hosted by me, Matt Sullivan. This episode was produced by Alexander Newman and sound mixed by Josh Johnson. Hit subscribe wherever you hit subscribe if you want to hear more voices from The Other Side. And if you have ideas for other people we should talk to, send us an email. You can find us at side at shortorder.co. That's .co, not .com. And another reminder, the website for the Food Bank of Delaware is fbd.org. Check them out.